0: Okay, <clears throat> um, okay. So, give me a little bit of grace today, guys. This one is a little more scatterbrained than normal. I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. Um, and it looks to be a short message, which is good. Um, but basically, what we've been doing the last month or so—what are we at? The third Sunday in January. We've been looking around. We looked at a parable Jesus told. The parable is um, give you a hint when you're reading the Bible. Parables. There's no names. If you come across a story Jesus tells and it's got a name in it, it's not a parable. Well, that's not a big deal. kind of is when you talk about Lazarus and the rich man. Jesus used the name. That was a real story. Next time you're reading your Bible, look at that. But anyway, so there's a parable, and he says, there's two dudes. They're just living life, as we all do. Life is just a series of moments, and most of life is awfully boring. Do you understand that? It's in the day-to-day and the mundane. Well, in the process of living, guys, we're all building something. We're all building something. You might wake up one day and you're married. You've got kids, whatever. We're all building something. We're all moving towards something. And Jesus says, take these two guys, for example. Guy A, guy B. He does say they're both men. He says, this guy here is just living his life, and he builds his house, his life, everything he stands for, he builds it on sand. He builds it fast, and he just builds it. And what I say, and this is kind of my axe to grind, if if you've listened to me preach for a while, so many people live life accidentally, just not living life on purpose. So I know AJ used to tell, say that all the time. Good, watch out for that. Well, that's what this guy does. He just builds life. But he says, but there's this other guy who builds his house on the rock. And what I mean by that, Jesus says, is he pays attention to what I say and he puts it into practice. Because here's the spoiler, says Jesus. No matter where your house is built, life has a way of coming at that house. The rains come, the waters rise, and the winds beat against that house. And let me tell you something, says Jesus. If you just build your house willy-nilly, it's going to fall. And he actually says, great is the crash of it. But this guy who built it on the rock, those same problems, those same storms came against his house. And I'm telling you, says Creator Jesus, his house stands. So that's what we've been doing for 2016. We looked at honor. How honor is going away in our culture we went from Andy Griffith to married with children real huge different set of values and the way we treat each other right honor is dying in our culture especially with my generation and the snot-nosed generation behind me they have yeah, she gets it they have less and less honor you know what I mean for our country for people in authority blah 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 that to me is a house built on sand last week we talked about pride That is definitely a house built on sand. Some stern warnings in the Bible about God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And what did I say? That's like playing football, God lines up against you in your pride. And then you think of Pharaoh, who was willing to let his entire country be destroyed before he'd say, go. Right? You think of all these kings who thought so highly of themselves that they couldn't just do the right thing. So that's where we were at. Today, we're going to do something different than that. Um, I'm going to switch it up. Let's talk about what we need to watch out for and more things that we need to have. Because it's great to have a shield. But in this life you need to have a sword as well. And No, I'm not talking about the armor of the the Spirit. It's just a metaphor. Today is all about what Jesus says He came to give us. Life and life to the fullest. But we're going to talk about some things we're dragging around that can keep us from that. So as we're living life on purpose and trusting Jesus more and more every day, there's a reality we have to acknowledge much like the rains and stuff like this I've been talking about. Dust, dirt, junk comes into our lives, and we have to learn to deal with that. Some things, sometimes it's, it's from us. Something, sometimes it's what other people do, culture, whatever. And this stuff tries to stick to you. It tries to identify you. It tries to label you. And all sorts of different voices in your life are trying to be heard. I did a series four years ago now called Voices. And it was this guy in a suit and tie and He was sitting there like this, one of those stock photos that you see, on the, like this, and you see like bank account, car, kids, diapers, wife, you see all these things, all these voices that are trying to get his attention, right? Well, today I want to focus a little bit on this. When we're walking with God, we have to learn to tell the difference between the voices we should be listening to and the voices we should obviously reject, because the voices we listen to will determine where we end up in life. I'm pausing for those of you taking notes because that's our main thought for today. Lots of voices will come to you and get you to try to play out your mistakes over and over and over again. Play that movie in your mind. Lots of voices will try to tell you who you are. Anybody, no, don't, don't raise your hands, but I know folks whose parents told them that they were a mistake and it sticks. I know people who were told they were ugly, they were fat, they were useless, they'll never amount to anything. And those things can stick. And as we're walking out our best lives, our, our, the best thing to do, you guys remember a lot of physical stuff, 2016, ready? What's sticking on to me? And, and why is it there? Do you understand that? I know a lot of folks are living their lives, even hand in hand with Christ, believing lies about themselves. And that's a house built on sand. I'll tell you a story. I'm not bad mouthing my dad. I'm not. He was a heck of a dad. He overcame uh, some real serious stuff to become a father to me and my brother. And he was there, man. He was sober for 30 years or so, and uh, you know, raised us. Um, but there was one uncharacteristic day I remember um my ex-girlfriend and i were at ponderosa me and my ex-girlfriend were here and my father was across the the table ponderosa i love ponderosa i work there and i still eat there i should tell you something the one in potsdam the one in potsdam i'm not condoning any other ones (coughs) you know what i'm saying y'all know what i'm saying (laughs) mom was gone somewhere else i'm very visual and my father for some reason said something i'll never forget and whatever very uncharacteristic my father wasn't like this but i must have irritated him really badly I have that effect on people at times. But um, I said, I don't know what I said. I think I was talking about, because I was in a band and and, and things were going really well in Plattsburgh. I don't know what I said, but he said to me, he goes, you know what your problem is? He looked me dead in the eye and he goes, you think you're more than you are. Oof. I felt the air go out of the room just then, and it should. Because what if that stuck to me? right? He didn't mean it. God bless him, he was a good dad. Again, I'm not bad-mouthing him. It was kind of one of those things where it was so out of character for him, I didn't receive it. You think you're more than you are. Now, can you imagine if I let that stick to me? I go back to uh, Plattsburgh, and we had plans to go to England for our first tour, where we played the Cavern Club. In fact, if you go to the Cavern Club in Liverpool, where the Beatles became famous, you will see my name on the wall. I'm serious. We headlined there twice, and they said, will you write your name on the wall? Wait, the wall that says Beatles in the center? Yes. So you'll see Steve and AJ written right there. That's me. I'm AJ. We headline the Cavern Club. Would I have done that if I, if I believed what got thrown on me? I can never do that, Marie. I'm not going to go across the Atlantic Ocean and go try to make a name for myself. I'm not that good. That's what I would have believed on that voice, right? Then you graduate college and I went out to Colorado and wanted to get into Bible college. Well, I can't do that. Who am I? I'm not that right? And then I meet Melanie. Well, I can't. Start a church. And all the things in my life that took the leap of faith about knowing who I am in God and going boldly out there, I never would have done. Because that one voice. And some of us today need this. You start cleaning out the closet and realize people have put a bunch of garbage on you and that's just what it is. And it's not that simple. Okay? I'm a counselor. That's that's one of the gifts God's given me. I've accepted that because I've avoided it for a long time. But When I sit in that office, guys, let me tell you something. One lie, one wrong voice can screw up an entire life if we're not careful. Do you understand that? And so somebody in this room today needs to hear this, and we're going to kick it off. Now, the reason I tell you about that, and the reason I'm backed up to me being a counselor is sometimes, guys, it gets in so deep you can't just brush it off. You can't. This takes God's work, and we're going to do this today. Okay? Let's do this. Again, lots of voices try to do this. Rub things in our faces. Tell us who we are. And a lot of these voices can lead to paralysis, which will have us fall short of who we really are and who God wants to be. We have to be careful in 2016 what voices we continue to listen to. Okay? So I challenge you this week. What are some voices you've believed about you and why? That's powerful. That's powerful. Even to take five minutes and go, Who am I? What what, what, do I believe about me? That's a powerful thing, you guys. And then you ask yourself, does it line up with what God says about you? Let's explore this. I'm going to switch gears for a second. Again, I am kind of all over the place here. but One voice that we have to watch out for and we basically never, ever monitor is your own voice. That's another voice. Sometimes our voices speak condemnation. Our voices say, hey, remember when you... Anybody get that late at night? (laughs) Anybody? For some reason, I could be laying there not sleeping, and something I did in eighth grade that was foolish will pop into my head, and I play that movie over and over, and I'm going, what am I doing? Why am I listening to that voice, right? Or, like, I'll tell you what, I was, uh, Izzy woke up early, 7.45 the the other morning. Alex needs to sleep till nine, typically. She sleeps till 9.30. And I was was just cold and mean to my baby. And let me tell you something. I've heard it from me over and over. I apologized to her. I, I went to God. I have not let me out of prison on this thing. My voice is holding me down in this situation. You're a bad dad. I can't believe you were so mean to her. You yelled right at her. like, My voice is stuck to me in this. The second voice we need to look out for in 2016 is your own voice. The things that you're saying to you. the, The labels you're putting on yourself. Yeah, This is a cycle, guys. I'm telling you. I forget what it was. It was sometime last year, but we talked about how there's people in this very room who have themselves down on the mat, and they won't let it up. Just pin yourself right down to the mat. It's time, guys, that we we shut those voices of condemnation from us. We shut them up. It's time we do that. We take that and we stop it. I think of a U2 video. Um, U2 put out a song, I think early 2000s. And the guy from Roswell, a CW program I liked, was in it. And what it was was, it was a field goal kicker, and he, Vikings fans will understand this, but he misses the field goal in the big game. And it replays over, and the video shows it over and over and over. And the whole video is this guy just lining up, missing, lining up, missing. And you and 2 is singing, you got stuck in a moment, and you can't get out of it. You got stuck in a moment, and you can't get out of it. And so many, guys, so many of us guys, we do this. And you might, this might sound pithy, this might sound minuscule, but how about the divorce, guys? Stuck in that moment. Stuck in that moment. I know men who sit there and go, I failed. I failed. I couldn't keep my marriage together. And I keep missing that field goal over and over and over again. You getting the metaphor now? You getting it? Or the job, or whatever it is. I, I got stuck in that moment. Or what about that time that I did this? And you're just, you live in that moment. And you're the one doing that. You put yourself there. Can you imagine? I mean, Ace Ventura made a whole movie about a kicker who could not get over this thing. And his whole life was ruined. Laces out, Dan. Laces out, right? Which, ironically, you saw the laces were in. (laughs) my first thought. But I really hope Scott Norwood, I hope this guy, Scott Norwood, wide right, Buffalo Bills, you all know. I really hope, he sells insurance in Rochester now, did you know that? He does. But, But guys, you know what, that was a moment in his life. I hope for anybody in this world, even you know, when the Packers blow it or whatever, but I hope that they go and just move forward. I, I hope that they don't put themselves in prison over something. we got to let, let ourselves off the mat, you guys. We watch out for people who want to put labels on us, who want to speak into our lives that aren't God. But you got to watch out for your own self-speak, you guys. you got to watch out to what you're saying to you. And don't get stuck in moments. I am such a hypocrite right now because I'm terrible at this, like I said. You guys get grace from me. I don't get grace from me. And that's a problem. I know that. I know that. So, keeping ourselves in prison and listening to negative self speak is a strategy to keep you from your best life because the enemy wants you to be focused on you. Now, this isn't, yeah, see, this isn't the Dr. Phil show, y'all. The enemy wants you to be focused on you, God wants you constantly to focus on Him. Talk about, you're higher than the mountains that I face. You know, sometimes, guys, I understand coming to church is a pain in the butt. Absolutely. But I tell you what, you walk into this building and you hear that, that might just be what you need. Higher than the mountains I'm facing this week. Oh, that's right, Lord God. Because you turn your focus from all this junk and and all the gigabytes we go through in this day-to-day life, and you turn to Him again. Because I got got news for you. Where He is and where you look, where He is, is life. Always promised life. And I'll back that up for a second. I don't have the scripture to show you, but Mary and Martha are mentioned in the Bible quite a bit. They're friends of Jesus. He was a real person who had friends. Well, they had a brother named Lazarus. And as you know, the story is Lazarus was sick and Jesus did not immediately come. Well, Lazarus died. And in this story, go look at it this week. There's my second one I want you to do this week. Go look at this story this week because Jesus walks up and one of the sisters, forgive me who... Says, oh, Lord, you know, she's just distraught. If you'd have been here, he'd have been fine. And Jesus goes, look at me. That's, that's all you need to know. It's not even about what he says next. He says, look at me. I know over here Lazarus is dead. I know that. But here is life. Do you understand that? I know over here your relationship with your kids isn't so good. I know over here you're still beating yourself up about things you did 20 years ago. But look at me. Look at me you understand that? That's a big deal. Look at me. Where, where Jesus is, life is there. So in our self-speak, guys, stop looking at you and start looking at him, which is what we're absolutely going to do today. And I totally failed because I need you to pull up. <laughs> Can you go into um, Firefox? My last bookmark should say something about from the Father and get her loaded. Yeah, go right here. Yep, right. Sorry guys, this is the whole point of today and I screwed it up, boom. And see if it'll start too. we are connected? Okay, we are not going to play it right now but this is the centerpiece of the whole thing and I forgot, sorry. Okay, so plain speech. Let me, get, let me get practical here. My suggestion for 2016, we don't focus on those other voices. We don't even focus on our inward voices. I would suggest that your best life lives in a place called focusing on what God says about you. Because if you create something, you get to define it. Do you understand that? Long ago, someone said, hey, what if we craft something that people could hold liquid in? There was a man or woman who made the first one of these, guys. I'm not talking about a jar. I'm talking about a plastic water bottle. Someone then said, what are we going to call it? And you know the only person who gets to label this? The guy who invented it. I don't care. You can call it a chair leg all you want. The inventor of this thing said water bottle. And that is what it is. So who gets to define you? The one who created you. That's the one who gets to put labels on you. And I'm not talking about your mommy and daddy. I'm not talking about that at all. God let them be part of that process, but God's the one who formed you, he says in the Bible. So let's start focusing on that. Let's, um, let me skip this whole thing. This is ridiculous. I told you, man, it's, it's gnarly. It's, it's bad. And it's not because of the Packers. I promise you, I put in the time. I just, it came out jumbled. Alright. Let's look at. Yeah, let's can we skip all the way to Romans 7? There's three slides. This is one of the reasons that we end up in this negative self-talk that we're gonna gonna put down. This is the book of Romans. It's a teaching book to a budding church in Rome. And it's the Apostle Paul. This is a guy who wrote most of the New Testament. This is God's dude, okay? Rock star in the faith. And watch what he writes. I don't understand what I do. Because what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate doing, that's the thing I do. And this gets jumbled, but... And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the law or that behavior or whatever is good. And as it is, this is the conclusion he's coming to, it's no longer I who do it, but it's actually this sin part of me living inside of me, drawing me to do that. See, because I know, Paul says... Nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. I want to do the right things, but I seem like I can't carry it out. Can you see where he's on this treadmill we're talking about? For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I I don't want to do, that I keep on doing. And if I do what I don't want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil's right there with me. So, see his self-speak, guys? Rowan? Rowan? Thanks, Brad. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. I want to be a good person. I want to be like Jesus. I want to do the right thing. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. So, the reason I'm showing you this is because one of the ways that you can let yourself off the mat is by hearing someone else say, me too. Right? We are a church that refuses to put on this happy face or, or act like we're perfect because there's nothing more destructive in the kingdom of God than a plastic, you know, plastic face, big smile, perfect teeth, coiffed hair, be like me, we're all good. And you walk in and go, I must be the only one in the whole world who struggles with, th- with this thing. And then condemnation on top of negative self-speak, and it's a loop. So what Paul's doing right now is walking you through and saying, hey, Robin, I get it. Andy, I get it. And I'm the Apostle Paul. I'm in the Bible. And I still can't seem to be the person I want to be. I still have the regrets. I still keep missing that field goal. But what do I do with it? I come to terms with the fact that there's always going to be this struggle. They always talk about the white dog and the black dog, right? Which one's going to win? The one you feed more. But there's a struggle. You're never going to get to a place where, where all your desires and appetites are perfectly in line with Christ. Because you have this sin nature. And what we see is, I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. So again, you're not alone. I have doubts about God. Oh, yeah, me too, you guys. Seriously. Oh, yeah, God's given me faith and all this stuff, but some days, you know what? It's a struggle. It's a choice. I get it. Some days I do well, some days I don't do well. What is going on inside of me that I could be mean to Izzy like that? It surprised me. There must be something more going on. The reason I'm telling you all this, I'll go back to it again. This week, when you start to play that record that you've been playing for 20 years about how pitiful you are, how you're not a good person, how you're not where you need to be, you're going you're gonna to remember this. This is the same record Paul was playing and the same record AJ was playing. I'm not alone in this but I can choose to turn it off. Let's finish the story, because guys, guess what? There's truth and grace, grace and truth. Watch this. Don't get stuck in Romans 7, y'all. you got to get to Romans 8. What a wretched man I am. That's where some of us live, right there. Right? And Paul just said it. Who will rescue me from this body of death, he says. Please tell me we have Romans 8.1. (laughs) We've got to get to the next one. We cannot get stuck here. Because that's my entire point, right? This is where so many of us are. Lying awake at night going, is there anything better? Can it be better? Therefore, however, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I did not skip anything all this negative self-talk i'm a loser i think i'm more than i am i'll never be like bruce i'll never be like joel osteen whomever that pretty girl on facebook whatever it is i'll never be wait 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 that's not the end of the story that's the record that one, point number one today of this section is i want you to understand everybody in here has those same thoughts we all struggle with this what a wretched man i am said paul So when you're doing that to yourself, understand you're not alone. You're just like everybody else, but there's a choice. You can get to Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, who will save me? I'm so bad. Oh, Oh, wait a minute. I have a Savior. Wait a minute. I have someone who... I'm not a wretched man because there's no condemning me. There's no guilty sentence. There's no sticking that label on me anymore because of Jesus. So do you understand what I'm trying to say? David could have been called murderer. What a wretched man I am. But you know what he's called? Son of God. Moses could have been called murderer. You know what he was called? Son of God. I don't care what you bring to the table. And Some of you don't like this and you need to get over this right now. Some of you don't like the fact that people can come to Jesus and no matter what their label was before, Jesus says, you are mine. Some of you don't like that. Get over it. Grace is not just for you. Forgiveness is not just for you. It's for all children. I, I, and the guy's, oh, he sounds heated about that. Yes, you've got to get over that. Murderers will be in heaven. Tax cheats like Matthew will be in heaven. Oh, by the way, the guy writing this is a murderer too. He held somebody's coat while he watched one of Jesus' most beloved, Stephen, get hit with rocks until He died. And he's writing this. So yeah, yeah, you could call him a wretched man, but Jesus calls him my beloved. What a wretched man I am. Not anymore. Let me go back to this. Let me hammer on this some more. Some people I know read The Shack. Read The Shack. I will give you $5 to read The Shack. That's a standing rule of mine. If you read The Shack, William Paul Young, I've got two copies in there. I will give you a $5 bill to finish The Shack. That is how much I believe in it. Good, I'm glad you're not laughing because this is not a joke. The Shack changed my life. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and I really believe God was a part of that. It's not scripture, obviously, but it just, oh my gosh. And a lot of the stuff you hear me talk about, a lot of the stuff that we're building this whole thing on lines up with the shack. But anyway, a certain person I know who might listen to the podcast, so I won't say this person's name, but she read the shack and she or he <laughs> read the shack and didn't like it because in the shack, there's one solid point that's that smeared all over the pages. Anyone can be forgiven by Jesus. The worst people. And if you can't get behind that, maybe we need to realize that, how wretched we were. Do you understand? Uh, In other words, I'm trying to be careful. Because AJ just wants to say this. You look at bad people, but you is bad people. But I don't want to put more things on you and me. What I'm trying to say is, it's an important process, yes, to say what a wretched man I am. I need you, Lord Jesus. But guys, all can be forgiven in Christ Jesus. We have to understand that. And I, 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 if you don't like hearing that, guys, and I know there's some atrocities that go on in this planet that I just, I leave it to God. How could you forget what you say that you do? Because if I question that, I will never be sure about my own salvation. Do you understand that? And you lose all your power. And you're stuck on the treadmill of negative self-talk. Good. Thank you for a few of those head nods, guys. Wow. That means a lot because this is a big deal. Gordon and I have had that conversation before not understanding who we are in Christ and that it's finished, it's finished. I didn't just make that up. You might remember that. From when he was on the cross, it is finished. Not understanding that, you're powerless to end this negative self-speak. Do you understand that? This is not Oprah Winfrey. You can't do that. You can't, <laughs> you can't heal. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> I got Bruce with that one. And when he smiles, he makes me smile. Right? These deep inner wounds, guys, some of these wounds, they're not just going to heal. They need God's loving touch and hand. And you've got to understand this. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've got to get through that negative self-talk to this. And like I said before, if you're looking at you, you'll be stuck in those moments. You've got to look at Him. And I'm not just talking smack. We're going to do this. I'm going to take six minutes and show you something. And it's going to bombard you with the Father's love in Scripture. So let me jump off this here. I want to make a point and then just I just want to touch and go. If you're holding you in prison, that's you saying you have the right to be your judge. You're not, God is. Do you understand that? If you're not letting yourself up off the mat, you're making yourself God. So those of you who like tough love and it helps you, there you go. Next time you're holding yourself down and not forgiving yourself, you're saying you have that authority and you don't anymore. You don't. There's one, who, there's one that you came to to forgive you and it's Christ. So when you're challenged to not forgive yourself, wait. I gave that job to someone else and he said there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And then if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. And stop running on that treadmill. We need to learn to receive his forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. Um, do we have a Mark slide? Can we look at Mark? I want to refresh this. Just touch, just touch for a sec. Mark was walking, or Mark, I believe, was the penman for Peter, but anyway. The most important commandment someone had just asked him, answered Jesus, is this Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Do a do a Bible study on that someday. Because why but anyway, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. By the way, that's a choice. That is a lifelong process. That is a commitment. The second is this: love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. The reason why we're looking around this house to see what's built on sand is not only to get you guys and me healed up, that's very important, on our way to our best lives, but how are you going to love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself very much? I touched on it last week, last year, early in the year, and I could just feel everyone in this room, including myself, go, ooh. Because if I have to love you like I love me, I don't know you very much at all sometimes. Right? Marie's getting it. There have been seasons in my life where if I treated you like you treated me, you wouldn't like me very much. Like, I, I mean, sorry, like I treat me, you wouldn't like me very much. I was stuck on the treadmill of negative self-speak, not, not believing, not receiving God. And so that's what happens, guys. This is a huge thing for me. And so, um, okay, let's get to the solution. Let's, let's get to the solution. You can listen to other voices. You can listen to your own voice. But there's a higher choice. I would recommend in 2016 we get into a habit, a lifestyle of thinking and memorizing and meditating on what God says about us, about loving us, who we are, and all this sort of stuff. The best way to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that's a quote from the Bible, is to hear the actual truth from God. And like Jesus says, if you remain in me, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The second thing I want to say about this, just a few things and then we're going to do our thing and leave. I also recommend that this year, guys, set realistic expectations of yourself. This was just a thought I had because let me confess something to you. I have, I expect perfection of myself all the time. And I don't know why. And that's the start of negative self-speak. So like, yeah, I can talk about not, not you know, you got to believe God and all this stuff. But if I have these crazy expectations, I'm just going to fall short and then fall into the loop of negative, right? Because I'm going to say, oh, he fell, you know, you failed, and then fall into that. I got to give myself a little bit of grace this year. Uh, right? I, I'm with the kids, and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe I was a little impatient. Okay. All right, it wasn't right. It's not who I want to be. Couldn't apologize to them, apologize to God. But for me, I have this standard of perfection all the time. For example, sometimes giving you guys these, these messages, it could really bother me that this message is so kind of convoluted. Like, I want to be at my best all the time for you guys, and it will drive me nuts. It'll ruin my Sunday. If I don't feel like I did my best and gave a good message on Sunday, Britt and Brian could tell you sometimes, sometimes I just need to, like, disappear. I'm like, guys, I got to go do something. Like, I just feel like a failure. Like, I, the standard is, is so high for me. I don't give myself any grace. And that leads me into that negative self-speak, because I'm the one saying that it's a falling, it's a failure i gotta, I got to correct that, and I want you guys to be mindful too. The second thing is, guys, and before we watch this thing, and then this is my prescription, when we start recognizing these things in our lives, do what David did, you guys. Do what David did. David fell hard. told you he murdered a dude. He, he forcefully took another woman's, another man's wife. Like Bad things. But he's called a man after God's own heart. And I almost was going to do a series on it, but I don't think I'm going to... I have a suspicion that one of the reasons David is called the man after God's own heart and probably gets more written about him than, aside from Jesus, more, we know more about David and his story, I would say, than anybody else. But why, you guys? And this is my challenge for you, and this has everything to do with today. When I look at David, I see a person who just ripped open his chest and said, God, see me. I want to share all of me with you. All of me. The good, the not so good, the downright sinful, I just, I want to share it all with you. I'm not going to hide from you. So as we're looking at this stuff, with the voices other people speak into our lives, the self-speak, the expectations we place for ourselves, can I give you a challenge? Just say, God, show up, show me, and I'm going to bring it to you. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, well, that's not, no, he knows. Just share yourself with him, honestly, honestly. And be intentional and guard our self-talk, you guys. What I'm going to do right now is this is where the rubber meets the road. I'm going to show you this video and it's, it's going to bombard you. But I want you to pay attention to when any of these things come up and it clashes against what you say about you or what other people have said about you. It's going to be right on the screen and it should confront you. It really should. I challenge you to make the choice to believe this and don't go back to believing the other thing. There it is. All right, let's go full screen. I should babysit the volume.